0: It's on my heart to read from 1 Samuel chapter 2 as a prayer. It is a prayer, so I'd like like for us to pray it together this morning. You can look in your Bibles if you want, 1 Samuel chapter 2. Let's pray it together. I might pause or interject a prayer, and you do the same. prayer of praise for answered prayer then Hannah prayed and said my heart rejoices in the Lord my heart rejoices in the Lord in the Lord my horn is lifted high my mouth boasts over my enemies for I delight in your deliverance yes father we delight In your deliverance, there is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows, and by him deeds are weighed. We're humble before you, Lord, and we thank you for your mercy and your grace that you don't give to us as we deserve, that you extend mercy and grace. We don't want to take advantage of that, Father. The bows of the warriors are broken, but those who stumbled are armed with strength. You turn things around, Lord. You're gonna turn things around for those who need it most. Those who were full hire themselves out for food, but those who were hungry are hungry no more. She who was barren has borne seven children, but she who has had many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. On them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful servants. Guard us, Lord. Protect us. We need your protection. Call out to you, Abba. But the wicked will be silenced in the place of darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Lord, keep us from being proud. May we focus on you. Our help comes from the hills, from you. Those who oppose the Lord will be broken. The Most High will thunder from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his King and exalt the horn of his anointed. This is the word of the Lord, amen. You may be seated and let's continue to prepare our hearts as Joseph comes and speaks from the word.
1: Thank you, Paul, for uh, I think very accurately capturing the essence of our text this morning, which is very much a prayer and in the context of worship and song, and uh, that's how it should be read. So. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, Love the 9 a.m.ers, especially when they, you know, plow out of their driveways, although it wasn't too bad uh, this morning. But uh, know that just by coming at 9 a.m., you are um, really doing a ministry um, because uh, the 11 a.m., we're... slowly running out of space. Uh, we've had record uh, attendance the last couple of weeks in, in our church, and so uh, thanks for providing us room to continue uh, to grow by being here early as well. My name's Joseph. If we have not met, uh, met uh, I'm the uh, weirdo from the video that you saw <laughs> earlier. Yes, it is true. Well, welcome to the third message of our First Samuel series. Uh, Last week, Pastor Hannah, uh, not to be confused here with the prophet Hannah, I know it's a little confusing, but at least I'm not preaching on the story of Joseph this morning, uh, which would be doubly confusing. But last week, Hannah gave such a, a deep, discerning, and really beautiful message on Hannah's story, and and I encourage you to listen to it, especially if you're a parent. Uh, And Hannah is indeed the central character of the beginning of the book of Samuel and paving the way for the kingship story of the book and and providing the example of a faithful and humble disciple. And Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel, of course, should remind us of another woman, uh, Mary, in the New Testament, who is the central person at the beginning of another account of a king, the King Jesus. And there's a lot of parallels actually between these two kingship stories. Uh, Both begin with faithful women. And these previously barren women are divinely granted a child, and then both of them offer songs of prayer in response. Mary's song in Luke 1, 46 through 45 is called the Magnificat, uh, just meaning glorifies. Uh, comes from her first words in the prayer. And Hannah's song or prayer here has been, has been called the Magnificat of the Old Testament. And both introduce some of the key themes of the book. And both prayers or songs of the women show us that God grants the privilege of providing the main theological introduction and spiritual insight to what's about to happen in the rest of the books to women. So if women providing uh, the the primary authoritative theological insight and teaching uh, doesn't fit your theology, then take it up with God, uh, who decided women should be the ones to theologically explain and teach the inauguration of two of the most important themes in both the Old Testament and New Testament, and that is kingship. So let's talk about what we learn from Hannah's story, and especially Hannah's story, and especially this prayer, which uh, is really two of the most important lessons that we can learn. And that is number one, the power of prayer, right? Of honesty with God. And then secondly, the power of praise, of honor to God. So let's start with the power of humble prayer, of honesty with God, that the Lord is a God who knows, verse 3. Let's kind of remember where we left off last week in chapter one, remember that Hannah was barren and that in those days, having a child, especially a son, or not having a child, especially not having a son might cause a woman to lose her place in her family and in society. Unlike today, children were really the key to survival for women. And because of her barrenness, Hannah is subjected to verbal abuse by her husband's other wife, Peninnah, and then furthermore, Hannah's husband, Elkanah, is you know, naive and insensitive at best. And so you can see why chapter 1 shows Hannah as, as troubled in spirit, anxious, in deep pain. She's mocked by others for her infertility subject to abuse. She's lonely and alone in her struggle. Struggle. Her future looks bleak. She's in deep anguish, verse 10 of chapter 1, and deeply troubled, verse 15. She was so depressed, verses 7 and 8, she couldn't even eat. So where can Hannah turn in her distress? What can she do? Well, verse 10 of chapter 1 said, In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. Verse 16, she says, I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. See, Hannah understood the power of honest, heartfelt prayer with the Lord. Why? Well, because verse three, of our prayer here, she knew that the Lord is a God who knows. When you're going through a hard time, something those around you just can't fully understand, where do you turn? Do you pick up the phone first, go to your counselor, run from your pain through binge-watching TV or? shopping or going away? Do you wallow in self-pity? Do you post on social media for advice or pseudo-encouragement? Or in your pain, do you turn to the God who knows? Knowing that verse nine, it is not by our own strength that one prevails. See, whether we like it or not, The truth of Scripture is that pain brings depth to our prayer. Have you stumbled? Verse 4 of the prayer. Have you been hungry or barren? Verse 5. Poor and needy? Verse 8. Well, then turn to the God who knows. Because out of our greatest hurts and pains, comes our greatest prayers. And eventually, if we let it, our greatest ministry to others, what Henri Nouwen calls the wounded healer. Have you been wounded? Well, then God is calling you to be a healer. But first, you must allow him to heal you the way Hannah does here. And of course, we know not only are Hannah's prayers for a son answered and her infertility healed as she gives birth to Samuel, but eventually she actually bears three sons and two daughters. And so God does, in the words of Ephesians 3.20, immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine when we pray and bring ourselves honestly before the Lord. And so after receiving her answer to prayer, what does Hannah do? Well, the last verses of the chapter last week, she says, I prayed, verse 27, for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now that I have what I wanted, I will move on with my life, settle down with my child, no longer interact with my faith community, Revolve my world around this answer to prayer God has given me and rejoice that I now have what I have prayed for. No, it's not what Hannah says. I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked from him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life will be given over to the Lord. And then Hannah prayed. And here we get what's called the The song of Hannah, or the prayer of Hannah, which communicates the power of humble praise, of honor to God. And we can learn so much from Hannah here and how she begins her prayer where she says, My heart rejoices in the Lord. And this is sort of a clue that this is as much a song as it is a prayer. And throughout the Bible, prayer is song and song is prayer. In fact, at the end of uh, one of the collections of uh, David's uh, songs in Psalm 72, verse 20, as it wraps it up, it says, this concludes the prayers of David, son of Jesse. His songs were actually just prayers to God. It's theology in the form of praise and prayer, and it's part of the reason we spend time singing on Sunday. Right? It helps us to articulate our prayers and our praise as well as our theology to God in a unique way. Hannah's situation as she brings it to the Lord in prayer and turns that into praise, it actually gives her prophetic insight into how God works. You heard Paul read verses 4 through 8, and she kind of artic- uh, uh, articulately says these biblical themes of of the great reversal or the the reversal of fortune that is the, the upside down ways of God's kingdom. And she beautifully articulates this for us. Have you been through trouble, through painful situations in life? Have you been hurt and grieving like Hannah? Well, if so, it might be that actually these experiences might actually help you understand God's heart for the poor, for the hurting, the broken, that you might actually better understand the ways of God. And therefore, your poverty and pain can be seen as a gift and a grace. Often what happens is we receive an answer to prayer. Our situation changes by God's grace and then we move on without reflecting, without praise, almost forgetting how God intervened and we miss what the answer to prayer was supposed to lead us to. And I sadly see this so often where someone, you know, starts coming. To church and God powerfully moves in their life, and often they articulate it immediately after saying something after a service, and they say something like, wow, I, I haven't felt this way in so long, or, or I realize how much I needed this, or I've never felt the presence of God like this, or where we pray with them and, and there's change in their situation, or, or they even take a step like being baptized. But even after that or once their situation changes and their prayers are, are answered, they disappear. And of course, Jesus illustrates this human condition in Luke chapter 17 when 10 lepers cry out to God for healing. And Jesus tells them what to do, and they are all healed. But what happens? What well, says in verse 15, only one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. Praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan, which is the New Testament's way of saying he, he was basically a non Christian, so to speak, a non believer. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And sadly, that kind of 10% return is fairly accurate in my experience, but you can resolve in your spirit right now and say, by God's grace, I want to be the one who always comes back. Just whisper it in your heart right now. God, I want to be the one who always returns. I don't want to just move on with my life forgetting what you've done. What's interesting and so insightful about Hannah's song or prayer here in chapter two is that, like that one leper, her joy is not in the answer to prayer, but in the God who answered the prayer. That's a big distinguishing. That's what makes Hannah different and why we're still talking about her 3,000 years later. The other nine lepers were content with receiving the answer to prayer. They just wanted the healing. But only one turned the answered prayer into praise and humble devotion to Jesus, throwing himself at Jesus' feet. He wanted not the healing. He wanted the healer. See, though Hannah longed for Samuel, she prayed and she prayed and she wept and prayed for a child after she finally received this gift. It's amazing that Hannah's song is not about Samuel, not about the answer to prayer, but about God, about the One who answered the prayer. She says, my heart rejoices, verse 1, not in Samuel, not in the answer to prayer. My heart rejoices in the Lord. She knows that verse 2, there is no rock like our God, depicting God's strength and stability and security, what she's experienced in her life. So we're going to start as kind of application what I hope is a new tradition of regularly giving honor to God through the power of praise. So in front of you every week is a connection card. On the back, every week, it says prayer requests, which we love to receive, but it also says praise reports. And this is a way we can follow Hannah's example of turning our answered prayers into praise. That every Sunday when you come in, you can take a moment of gratitude. I don't even care if you don't turn them in, just write it out. It's just good for you. Write down your praises and we will give thanks to God corporately for some of them in the following weeks. And we won't, uh, you know, say names or give names, but just highlighting how He is a God who knows so that we can encourage each other. And so just to start it off, Uh, It's awesome that we happened to get a couple cards last week, and I just want to encourage you with these. We've had many amazing things happen lately in the church for hearing of healings, for hearing of people having dreams that are moving them in the direction God has for them. But listen to this beautiful praise report. It says, praise God for his blessing on our family of removing the chronic pain from my husband's legs after two decades of debilitating pain. Praise God for giving him a second chance at caring well for the blessed body God gave him. The miracle God has blessed our family with is beyond anything we could have hoped for. That's Ephesians 3.20. And I feel so grateful to God for answering my prayers. And then that, prayer, that card is accompanied by another person from the family, a a child, and it's written in child's handwriting, and it's so beautiful. It says, "Dear, Dear Jesus Christ, I thank you for relieving my father's pain. He had had that pain since he was 15, and I thank you for helping him. We have to give praise to God for what he does. Turn it into praise. And here's the thing about praise, that even if our circumstances don't change, our perspective on them does when we worship, when we give praise, which itself is an answer to prayer, which itself is a miracle. I was listening to a a new song by Benjamin uh, Hastings this week, and it's called, That's the Power of Praise. And it says this so beautifully beautifully, he sings, it don't always fix your problems, but it'll tell you how small they are. It won't always move the mountains, but it's good for the heart. You'll never know what it's going to change, but it'll always leave a mark. I might see walls start falling or it might just change my heart. That's the power of praise." See, as Hannah gives praise, she receives prophetic insight into the ways of God and what God is doing, and it changes her perspective. And in fact, she gives what is a prophetic and messianic utterance in the last verse, verse 10, when she proclaims, he will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed, his Mashiach, his Messiah. And the word anointed is that word Messiah, Mashiach, just transliterated as Messiah, pointing to Jesus as the ultimate fulfillment of this verse and of the kingship of Israel. So the band's gonna come. I was listening to uh, another song this week and it was repeating over and over. Let it not be said of me, I withheld anything from you. And Hannah does not withhold her son, her unique son. She gives him away for God's greater glory and purposes. And I hope that sounds familiar, like John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only, and the, the words there in the Greek, they don't refer to quantity or number, one and only meaning unique. He gave his unique son... Hannah's action of giving up Samuel was actually prophetic. It was pointing toward God's heart for us, of giving up His most prized possession for us. So let's give it all to God in return, right? Humbly realizing that everything we have, God has given us, our life, our family, our money, our possessions, our gifts, our talents, all is His, all belongs to God. And like Hannah with Samuel, let's hold to these things loosely, no matter how precious they are to our lives, knowing that they belong to God. And let's not rejoice in the gifts, but rejoice in the one who has given us all we have. It's a great Sunday to do this. This is a season of repentance that we're entering into leading up to Easter and the celebration of resurrection life. And so it's a great time to really dedicate ourselves to prayer. Hannah prayed, and she prayed, and she prayed, and she wept bitterly, and she prayed until she received her answer. So let's pray. Let's believe for miracles. Let's believe for healing. Let's believe for change in hearts. Let's believe for change in perspective. Let's pray, Lord, let my pain be my greatest prayers and turn my pain into healing for others, Lord. So go ahead and stand if, if you want to in a moment uh, sit back down. That's fine. If you want to come up front and just dedicate yourself to the Lord as a sign of Just giving it all to God, I think that's wonderful, beautiful. God is a God who knows. God is a God who sees. He sees our praise. He sees. He hears our prayers. So let's praise. Let's pray, saying, God, all I have is yours. I will give you my most prized possessions, if that's what it takes, for all belongs to you, and all is for your greater glory in the world. So, I invite you to respond as the Spirit is calling you to, whether that's to sit, to lie down, to weep, to groan in your spirit, to come up front, to kneel. Let's respond to the Lord and His Spirit right now. It's still early. We've left a few moments just to praise and to pray. So, let's do that. I'll eventually... Close us with a benediction, but let's seek the Lord right now. I believe God is calling us to a season of prayer, to going deeper together. I believe we're going to see more healings, more dreams, more visions, more things taking place, especially as God teaches us what they're all for, which is not to then move on with our lives, but it's so that we might rejoice in the Lord. We might give Him praise, so let's do that.